Hello, everybody, and welcome to Creativity Lives Here, a podcast designed to support you with tapping into your peak creative potential through eye-opening conversations and inspiring solo casts. I've never said that before. I just wanted to see if it would sound good. Maybe I'm going to keep it. I don't know yet. Um, But anyway, thank you for indulging me. Thank you for listening to that. And welcome to episode 17, everybody. I'm really looking forward to sharing today's conversation with you. It's a really beautiful one with a wonderful portrait photographer called Miranda Kelton, who is based in Bend and Portland, Oregon, as well as in Los Angeles, California. And her main creative endeavor and her main business is creating imagery for individuals and businesses who are looking to elevate their visual branding and market their products and services. I actually first met Miranda in Santa Barbara about three years ago at this point. Wow, can't believe it's been that long. Time really flies. Um, But yeah, I was so grateful that our paths crossed. And I really consider her a creative kindred spirit. And the work that she puts out into the world is just so filled with beauty. I would say that's the best way that I can describe it. Miranda really has an eye for beauty and capturing beauty. So her photography is really stunning. And I've worked with her myself as a client. She has created photos for me. And her work is truly exceptional. She also just brings so much dedication and commitment and sensitivity to the creative process, which is another reason why I wanted to have her on the show today. She creates amazing photography, but at the same time, she also has a really beautiful relationship with her creativity and with her creative process and just has so many things to share about that. So in today's conversation, we'll be talking about that And Miranda also shares really openly about what it's been like for her this past year in terms of having a creative career. So I feel that listening to this conversation is really helpful to anybody who's been struggling creatively this year and maybe has been a little bit down on themselves for not creating as much as they've intended to or not creating at a level that they've intended to create at. So overall, I'd say today's conversation is also just a really important reminder to be gentle with yourself and to be gentle with your creative spirit. And that's all I will say about today's conversation before we dive in. And one final thing I still want to say is, if you have been enjoying this podcast, it would mean so much to me if you could hop on over to iTunes and rate and review it. That way other people can find the show and we can share these conversations with more people and hopefully inspire them creatively as well. Thank you for being a part of this community. Thank you for being a listener today. 
And let's go to this beautiful conversation with Miranda Kelton. From the beginning, like I was always a really creative kid. I had tons of phases where I did all these different little crafty things and I just was always making something in some form or another. And, you know, when I was a teenager, I wasn't really quite sure, like, what I wanted to do for a living necessarily. I thought, you know, maybe, oh, I'll do music or, oh, I'll do, you know, graphic design or, oh, I'll do this or that. And then, you know, in college, I did do graphic design and I decided it wasn't going to be the best fit long term. And then once I left college, I had more sort of different creative jobs where I did a lot of different things from like hairstyling. I worked in fashion retail, little bits of like, you know, helping out friends on movie sets, things like that. And I started doing photography just as a hobby. And the more I did it, the more I realized how much uh, creativity it allowed me it wasn't just you know sitting there with the camera clicking I could get really involved in every single aspect of what I was photographing or who I was photographing and I could do costume or set design or hair or makeup or this or that or like create this whole little world and be able to use all these different talents and you know never feel bored so that's what really attracted me to it into um, like portraiture and fashion especially so the more I did it the more I was like I really like this I feel like this is a good fit for me and you know I kind of slowly started focusing on it more and more as a career and kind of ramped up and that's kind of how I got to where I am doing all of the photography I do you know the fashion and the portraiture and the super creative stuff and then also I do the branding on the side which has been a really good um, you know consistent influx of people who need photos for their businesses. So that's the the basic overview of how this, how this happened. <laughs> that's beautiful. And I have to say, just being very familiar with your work, I can, whenever I look at your photos, I can just tell how much love and care you really put into the creative process of creating your images. I feel like you really put a lot of sensitivity into how they look and really and really making them look beautiful. So yeah, it's just really cool to see your work. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm definitely a little OCD with every aspect, I guess you could say. Whenever I have a new client, they're always like, oh wow, you really, you really plan this out. And I was like, yeah, if you don't, you know, you can tell the difference. You have to be super invested and make sure every little detail is you know, thought about the, you know, before and during and after. So it does make a big difference in the end. I think that's such a good point. I think in order for a creative process to be successful, you, you definitely do want to plan out every piece so that kind of in the unfolding of the work, you can just allow the creativity to flow and you don't have to worry about all of these little details. Would you agree with that? Exactly. That's what I tell people, actually, because some people up front are a little overwhelmed by all the planning. And I'm like, you know, you just have to, you know, if you, I promise if you're invested now and you put your energy into this now, the shoot day is going to be so much better and it's going to be a 
really like effective use of your time and your energy and your money. If you just really like invest in the planning, make sure you know what you want going into it, make sure you're prepared. And then the day of is super relaxed. There's no problems. Nothing's forgotten. Nobody's unhappy with the result. It makes all the difference in the world. Yes. So true. And Speaking of that whole process, I'd love to hear from you in a little bit more detail. What does the process of you working with a client really look look like? Like take us from the very beginning to the end, because I know you've really thought about your process. So I'd, I'd love for you to share. Okay. Again, I'll try to I'll try to make it not too um too much of a ramble. <laughs> so with the branding clients, I've definitely created um like a pretty solid set of steps that I stick to. And, you know, people will reach out to me and say, Hey, you know, I found your work online or, you know, my friend recommended me to you and I'd love to talk about, you know, doing something for my business. And some people come into it with a really clear idea of who they are as a business or a brand and of what they want. And some people come in and they're like, I trust you. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> like I'm new in my business. I need help. So it does differ a little bit from person to person sometimes, the amount of um, like upfront discussion and planning. So when somebody first contacts me, you know, I get back to them and send them my pricing and my structure just to make sure they understand, you know, how I work. And I have a whole big you know, document that I send to them, basically that details everything. And then we do a consultation. And in that consultation, I have like a list of questions that I ask everybody. I ask them about themselves and about their businesses and what they need help with, what they don't need help with. If they have any ideas up front for their photos, or if they're just, you know, starting from ground zero. And then we'll get into like some nitty gritty stuff about like, oh, do you have brand colors or do you have you know specific needs for a new website or a project you're doing or something like that so that way I can get a super accurate um, idea of what it is that they need and then after that consultation call and they decide to book me and we start you know getting dates together and things like that I reach out to um, my makeup artists and hairstylists whatever studio we may be using and get a team together that I feel like would be appropriate for that person. Sometimes I'll pick a different studio or a different hair makeup stylist, depending on the person and their needs. And then I put together basically a call sheet for people who are, you know, familiar with the film industry. And if you're not, it's just like a long document that has every possible detail about a shoot on there. It has, you know, the address, the parking situation, the you know, the list of shots that we're going to do, the schedule that we're going to do them by, who's responsible for what, who's coming when, who's bringing which props, just like a full detailed long list of everything. And then I make a mood board as well that I separate into different sections. And in there, I'll put different pictures of like, oh, here's some ideas of different types of portraits we could do. Here's some ideas of some different type of, you know, lifestyle outdoor shots we can do you know if we're on the beach here's some pictures of you know people on the beach and tell me what you like and tell me what you don't like and there's a lot of communication back and forth with the client and they have to approve everything they have to approve the call sheet they have to approve what's in the mood board 
you know, the hair and makeup people are in on it as well so that they know the vibe that we're going for. And then day of the shoot, you know, we show up, everything's planned, everything's there. All my hair and makeup people I work with are really like just very knowledgeable and really comfortable with different types of, you know, skin types and hair types and personalities and different sort of looks. Cause some people are super comfortable with like a really natural hair and makeup look. Some people want something a little more, um, a little more glamorous. It all kind of depends on the client and what they themselves, you know, want to represent to the world in their photos. So after all of that crazy intense planning, we come to the shoot, everything's there. We go through our schedule. We take breaks when we need to. Um, And it's really fun because a lot of people are super overwhelmed in the beginning, especially if they've never been photographed before. So they'll show up to the studio or location and be a little bit like nervous or not quite sure, you know, how to like handle themselves. And it's hard to have all these strangers in your face doing your makeup and like sticking a camera in your face if you're not used to that. But, you know, we move through it and everything's planned and there's no stress. And by the end of the day, it's really fun because my clients will be like telling me about their boyfriend and about their new dog and all these different things. And we're (laughs) like BFFs by the end of the shoot. And it's super fun. So after the shoot, you know, I have at the moment about like a two week turnaround you come home and I go through all the photos and, you know, do an edit, pick out the best, you know, 50 to a hundred, sometimes more, sometimes less, depending on the shoot. And I send them over to the clients for review and they go through them. They pick out what they want. We have some more back and forth sometimes where people will ask me my opinion on which photos would be best for, um, you know, their website or their book cover or whatever it is. And then once they select those photos, they pay for those photos and I send them to them and they're good to go. They've got their photos. And usually we do so much for branding clients in a day that it'll, they'll be set for like a year with photos. And sometimes they'll come back a couple months later and be like, oh, you know, I didn't get that headshot last time because didn't think I needed it, but I think I'm ready for it now. And so sometimes I'll get repeat sales because people come back we shot so much content in one day that they're like oh you know like I think I think I'm ready for this other set of photos now so that works well for both ends too because you know we do everything so much in one day that it's super time effective and takes care of the photos for a long time so that is kind of an overview of the branding process with um, like a business person or an entrepreneur somebody who needs personal branding photos There's for me like a fully different process that I go through if it's, you know, a commercial shoe or for product or, you know, somebody has some dresses they need pictures of, something like that. But I'll save you that whole explanation (laughs) because that's just commercial and it's probably not as relatable to as many people. But that's my that's my overview with branding clients. And those are most of the people I've been working with in the past couple of years. Very cool. I'm curious, which parts of this process are the most fun for you? Um, definitely, definitely the day of the shoot, for sure. Like the actual photography and working with the client and everybody's got good energy on set. And it's really fun to see people go from 
you know, being a little bit nervous and reserved in the beginning to like super confident and having a really good time. And like, you know, we're all dancing around together on our lunch break and just everybody's having fun. So I really love seeing people come out of their shell and, you know, we'll be taking pictures and I'll show them. I'll be like, oh, wow, you know, you really killed this shot. Look at this. And they'll get super excited and they'll say things like, oh, I didn't know that you know, I could look like that. And I'm like, yeah, you can. <laughs> like, that's what, that's what you hired me for to like help you with your posing and how you look and to make you look the best possible. So I would say the actual shoot is definitely my favorite part. And then probably my second favorite would be after they, you know, get their photos delivered to them and people will give me feedback and they'll be like, Oh, you know, my website looks super amazing or so-and-so my, you know, family and friends and my coworkers are all so impressed with the photos and it made me so happy and thank you so much. And I've even had people call me. I had someone call me the other day and tell me that I made her daughter feel the most confident she's ever seen her daughter in her whole life. And I was like, Oh wow, that's so awesome. I almost cried on the phone. The mom was so happy, but Yeah, definitely the feedback from people when they see their photos and they just, their confidence just increases like on the spot. It's very cool. That sounds incredibly rewarding. It is, really is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And as you were speaking, I was also just thinking I had your photos kind of in my mind's eye. And something that really stands out to me about your work is that you really do have a gift for catching or not catching, but capturing the best in people and really capturing their beauty. And maybe it's something that just comes to you naturally, but what do you think it is about your process that enables you to do that? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, It's definitely the product of a lot of practice, I would say. People, getting people to be comfortable around you is definitely a high energy task, (laughs) you know, to show up and to be super engaging, but not overwhelming and to make all these different types of people, you know, different ages, different walks of life feel comfortable around you. I think the first step is just transparency. You know, when somebody reaches out to me and asks for information initially, I give them a very detailed rundown of everything up front. Like, here's my pricing and here's how it works. And here is what you're signing up for. Basically, nobody's saying, yes, I'm going to book you and not knowing what they're getting into. And, you know, definitely making a lot of space for people to ask questions and feel like I really care about them and their businesses and that I'm not the kind of person who's like, oh, a client, you know, seeing just money. When you look at a person, people can tell when you're just looking at them as income and you don't actually care about them or what they want or their creative vision or their businesses. So I've definitely, every single shoot, I kind of look back on it and I'm like, okay, you know, like, here's what I feel. I did well with this person. 
here's what I'm going to keep in mind for next time. Maybe I should have communicated a little more about this or about that. Um, Every shoot I've ever done has definitely been a learning experience on one front or another. And then, you know, I worked in retail for a long time. You really learn how to talk to people when you work in sales and in retail, (laughs) you know, just like being comfortable with making conversation and really noticing what people are responding to and what they're not responding to. That makes a big difference. Uh, Listening always, you know, and then just being conscious and paying attention to someone's energy throughout the whole process. You know, some people, I'll never forget, I had this girl one time we were shooting and we were shooting and she was like, I think I need to take a break. And I felt so bad because I didn't realize we'd been shooting for like two straight hours and I hadn't offered her a break because in my (laughs) brain, I'm like, I can shoot for eight hours and not eat, not drink and like, I'm good to go. But like that moment, that shoot a few years ago, I was like, oh my gosh, like I need to be more conscious of people like needing to rest. Not everyone is a psycho like me, but just you know, <laughs> learning, learning from shoots and like really paying attention to people, giving them space to breathe, definitely being really transparent through the entire process. You don't want anyone to feel like they weren't communicated to or um, listened to. And just reassuring them at every possible um, chance that you get. So that's a little bit of a ramble, but those are some of the different things that are kind of in my mind when I'm working with people so that they feel seen and heard and like really people, it's a day for them. It's a day for their businesses and they're kind of the boss in a way. It's them, it's their shoot, it's their photos and definitely making people feel like they're in control and they you know, if they want to try something creatively or they don't like something or they want their hair and makeup to look different. I want them to be able to feel like they can speak up and change what they want because I want everyone to, you know, not feel like they wasted their time or their money. So that's a little, little overview of kind of how I look at the clients to make sure that everybody feels super comfortable on set and the photos just like there's a world of difference. You can tell when somebody's uncomfortable in their photos. That makes total sense. It, it really sounds like creating a sense of safety and structure is, is really yeah. key to the process. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I really believe we're all just, you know, big toddlers. <laughs> we all need safety and structure and to know what's going on and to feel like we're being heard, even as adults. I love that. I've been doing a lot of inner child work lately. So that totally, that statement totally resonates with me right now. Uh Yes, yes. So kind of speaking of of safety and structure, um, I I don't, I guess this is related, but this is the next question that I wanted to ask you. Um, what are some creative blocks that you've experienced and how have you moved through them? Creative blocks. I feel like I had this idea in my mind that someday I'll get to this like enlightened artist state where I'll never have creative blocks again. And I've come to realize that that's really not true. I think when I first started pursuing an artistic career, I really gave myself a lot of pressure because I would come up against these blocks and I'd be like, 
oh, you know, like I'm not, not a good artist. I'm not working hard enough. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. You know, maybe I'm not cut out for it, but the more time I've spent doing this and the older I've gotten, I've kind of realized that I'll probably be 90 years old and still having creative blocks. It's just part of, part of life. It's part of how it goes. But, um, depending on the block for me, when I'm reaching creative blocks, it usually means that I have actually been pushing myself too hard and not giving myself enough space to rest or to try new things or to do something other than work. Um, Maybe I have a lot of stress going on in my personal life that I'm kind of sweeping under the rug and not dealing with. Most of the time I find myself facing a creative block when my mind is kind of shut down a little bit and your body is taking over and they're like, nope, we're not going to, you know, brain's not going to do the thing. You need to rest. We're not going to give you anything (laughs) until you take a rest. So for me, the creative blocks, I usually have to just kind of take a deep breath and be like, okay, this is a product of me not living a balanced life, me saying yes to too much, me taking on things that I know I shouldn't take on. Um, There's usually something like that going on that kind of needs to be resolved in order for the creative you know, mind waves to start flowing again. And, you know, for the most part, that means just kind of taking a step back. You know, for me, I'm really inspired by nature and the outdoors. And if I'm in a place where I haven't been spending enough time outside and by myself and just communing with peace, basically, um, I'll definitely shut down creatively, you know, kind of go into robot mode. And then one day you wake up and realize that, you're just working like, and you're not doing much else with your life and, you know, making sure I'm around people who aren't draining of my energy, people who are inspiring and um, not judgmental. But I guess at the end of the day, whenever I reach a creative block, it's very much for me a signal of overwhelm and I just need to change something or rest more or shift my priorities in some way. That's such a good point. And I'm so glad you bring all of that up. It's totally true. I've had the same experience in my life. Um, and for me, just like you said, being out in nature can really help to yeah. reset me. Yeah, you need that mental cleansing. I mean, in an ideal world, I would be spending a lot more time in nature than I have been this year. But again, you know, 2020. <laughs> everything's a little bit out of out of sync this year and you really like we all have to give ourselves and others some extra slack and some extra grace for sure this year absolutely absolutely and I'm curious in addition to nature is there anything else that you just feel supports your creative process or supports you with tapping into your peak creative potential um, nature is definitely a number one. Uh, I love camping and being outside and traveling and just remembering what really matters in life. You know, we all get so caught up every single day with like, oh, I need, you know, all these material things in order to live my life. And at the end of the day, like 
those things are just extras. What you need is like support from other people. You need food. You need to prioritize your health. You have to have shelter and, you know, to be warm in the winter, this simple stuff, you know, that's what it boils down to at the end of the day. And I think whenever I go outside or I go camping or hiking, I'm reminded of that because you're forced to, you know, have a few days or a few weeks where you're just living off of a small subset of things. And you remember what's, you know, really important. But besides nature and just, you know, spending time disconnected from the expectations of society, definitely um, making time for other creative pursuits as well. Like I do love music and um, just cooking anything where I'm creating something. Sometimes if I'm doing something creative other than photography, it'll kind of have some weird crossover in my brain where it'll open up different ideas for things I can do with photography because I'm doing a different thing creatively, if that makes sense. Um, What else? Reading, just like expanding your mind. I love constantly learning. So whenever I'm in a space where I have time, I'm always watching, you know, like, classes about photography or creativity or you know the master classes about different things or reading books or listening to podcasts or seeing what other creative people are doing and being inspired by what my creative friends and peers are doing too I think constantly making time for education has been a big source of inspiration to me because when you learn a new skill you're inspired to go and try it and try something new. So I would say the education is probably my like number two for inspiration, just constantly learning new things. That's beautiful. Are there any classes or books that you've read this year that particularly resonated with you? Um, this year again has kind of been, you know, a black sheep of the year. I haven't (laughs) had as much time as I usually do to make time for reading books and education just because of you know being in survival mode so consistently I have like a little list on my site of classes and books and things that I felt have been really good uses of my time and money I have a really like detailed little resources section on my website that I'll send people to when they ask me this question or a similar question um I am try I've really been into the master classes this year. Like it's not necessarily photography related, but for anybody who's watched those, I've watched like you know, it's basically somebody who's very respected in their industry giving like an hour or two long class about something that is, you know, has to do with their industry. So I watched like the Bobby Brown makeup class. I watched the Anna Anna Winter Vogue um, leadership class, just, just all of those, just like little fun one to two hour classes have been super cool to see other people in creative careers sharing um, like wisdom from all of their years doing what they do. 
Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned those, Renee. My my husband has actually also been really into those this year, and I've kind of seen some of them over his shoulder, and they look beautifully produced and just they are. really inspiring. So cool. Yeah, they're really fun, and there's so many different ones. There's like cooking and interior design and film production and this and that. So those those have been fun this year. They're kind of a nice little you know, you can watch it in the evening and it's, it's fun. I really enjoy them. Yes. Yes. And you said you have a little resources page on your website as well, right? Yes, I do. Okay. So I'll, I'll be sure to put that in the show notes so people can check that out. Um, yeah, I have in there, you know, classes that I felt are helpful books that I felt were helpful and inspiring. I do have some little lists of different business management um, programs that I use, you know, sometimes other photographers will ask me like, Oh, what do you use to manage your schedule or to deliver photos to clients or this or that? And so I finally just made a list of everything. (laughs) So now when somebody reaches out to me, I'm like, you know, all that information is on my site. There's all these links on there that you can go explore in your own time. It's been really helpful and people have really, um, appreciated it. Awesome. That's super generous of you. Very cool. Um, So I wasn't going to ask you about this, but since it has kind of been in, (laughs) since it has kind of been in the air and you've been um, touching on it and and you can let me know if you don't want to talk about this on the podcast, but I can totally edit this out. But what has it been like for you this year to have a creative career and I guess, is there any advice that you can give to other people in creative careers right now who might be struggling? You know, I think that's actually a really good question. I definitely would love to talk about that because I feel like there's a lot of weird pressure this Mm -hmm. year to like not be honest about what's actually going on in your life. So I think it's really helpful to be transparent about what's actually going on so that other people know like hey you're not alone you're not a failure like this doesn't mean that you are a bad business person or a bad creative or anything like that everybody's kind of been you know really put through it this year so I would say you know I've been lucky that I have had clients this year I have had people who still want to get work done and, you know, do it in a safe and ethical way. It's definitely been interesting to shift photography since I do portrait photography with people. Obviously I have to have a conversation with people now and be like, Oh, okay. Like here's some more details about what the day is going to be like. I will be wearing a mask during the session. It's up to you whether you want to wear one or not. Obviously, like you can't wear one while you're being photographed and you have to go into it, you know, being comfortable and it's caused things to shift. Like my hair and makeup people have to raise their prices a little bit for their time because they have to spend so much extra time buying brand new things and doing extra sanitizing and, you know, a whole other level on top of the normal amount of sanitizing they usually do. So it's been a stress for everyone to, you know, in every creative career, things have gotten more expensive, things have gotten more tense, you know, it's such a divisive 
thing, the masks and just COVID in general, that it's been a little bit interesting trying to work with people with that and, you know, make sure everybody's comfortable and nobody's feeling, you know, unsafe. But um, I had a shoot a couple months ago where I, you know, had my mask on and we'd been shooting for a few hours and we were, you know, getting towards the end of the shoot. And my client was like, oh, you know, like, do you want to sit down and just like, you know, talk on our lunch break? And I was like, okay, sure. And we were like a really good distance away from each other. We were, you know, drinking and eating. So I take my mask off and I'm talking to her and we've been talking for a couple minutes. And she was like, I feel like we just had a breakthrough and I'm seeing you for the first time in the shoot because you took your mask off and I can actually see your face. And that made me really sad. I was like, Oh, like, that's cool. That's great. I'm really happy that that's how you feel. But just the fact that the way our world has shifted so much right now, just something small like that, can make such a big difference, you know, back to kind of what we were talking about before with having people feel comfortable. Yeah. In my, yeah. In my brain, I didn't think that like having this mask on would be as big of a, you know, make as big of a difference, but it does when you're connecting with someone and they need to see your whole face. So after that, I was like, okay, I'm going to switch to clear masks because I guess. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, a little bit of a side note back to this year and, COVID, I think for me, I've definitely, to be fully honest, like have felt very defeated on a lot of fronts. You know, everybody's had to make decisions they didn't think they were going to have to make and change their lives in ways they didn't think they were going to have to, you know, reevaluate where their money is going and where their money is coming from. And, you know, There's no shame in having to be honest and say, hey, like, I don't have clients. I'm struggling. I'm having problems getting unemployment or I don't qualify for unemployment because of some reason, you know, there is no unemployment. The government's having a hard time, whatever it is, and asking for help. Like, this is definitely a year to be comfortable with asking for help, I think, which is something I'm really bad at. And also, again, you know, giving yourself extra grace and looking at your day today and saying, okay, I'm stressed, I'm overwhelmed, I'm not making enough money, you know, things aren't coming through, whatever it is, and just find ways to shift, ways to make new income and to just remind yourself this is not a signal of failure. But, you know, you have to survive, you have to make money, whether that means getting a side job or taking a break or doing something different. It's not a symbol of failure. It's just, you know, the reality of the world. And this isn't going to be forever. And we have to just remind ourselves every day that we're doing our best, really. So that's kind of the mode I've been in this year. Thank you for saying all of that. And I think Those are all things that a lot of us can really need to hear right now, especially if you're in a creative career like you are. I think it's so important to not, like you say, to not see it as failure, but just as a step in the process. And even if that means in the short term doing whatever you need to do to make ends meet, because the reality is it's really challenging to be creative if, if we can't pay our bills. 
Yeah, it's hard enough to be a creative during normal times. It's a competitive career. It's a career that's, you know, no days off. <laughs> if you're not careful, you can make it 24-7 and there's always going to be no, like, there's always going to be more work to be done. And at a certain point, you have to create boundaries for yourself and say, hey, like, I know I've done my best. I know that I am continuing to do my best. And sometimes your best means, you know, getting through the day, cleaning your house, (laughs) going to the grocery, taking care of yourself and, you know, your kids, whoever is your responsibility. And just remembering that, like, really, everybody's having to shift in some form or fashion in that it's, you know, nobody's alone in this, really. Absolutely. And I actually took this seminar last night. And one of the key takeaways I got from it, the person who was giving the seminar said that the most important thing is just to keep taking action. Even if you're taking a step backwards, you're still moving. And I love that. Yeah, no, I this is a really funny little side story. I um, was watching Frozen 2 (laughs) earlier (laughs) earlier this year. Have you seen Frozen 2? I have not. Okay. It's really good. You should watch it. I I mean, obviously it's a kid's movie, but I was like riveted the whole time. I was watching it with this little girl that um, I nannied. And there's like this part in the movie where one of the characters is having a really hard time and she's, you know, freaking out, all this stuff. And the, another character says something like, you need to just do, like, the next right thing. Yes. And you'll get there. And I, like, almost cried at this child's movie. Because <laughs> I was like, that's my whole life. Whenever I've been in a position that just feels, like, super helpless and super just, I can't get out of this. And what am I going to do? Like, you have to do the next right thing. You have to, you know pick yourself up and be like, all right, what am I, you know, one step at a time, really, you know, whatever that looks like for each person. But anyways, it's a good sentiment. I just wanted to share it. Frozen 2, it's a good move. <laughs> I love it. First of all, we have a family movie night now every week and we take turns mm-hmm. picking. So I might just pick Frozen 2 for my next movie. <laughs> it was really cute. I mean, I, I loved it. There were a lot of things about that movie I really liked, but that was super powerful to me. I was like, this is great. This is a good message for children. Yeah. And it's so funny that you say that because actually um, I've been following this therapist this year. And one of her things too, is she always says like, find the next right considered action. Yeah. Um, And I just love that. And I think it's also such a great way of getting out of overwhelm, um, Mm -hmm. which I feel like overwhelm can be a big block in the creative process. And when you just find that next right step, um, it suddenly, whatever it is that you're trying to do suddenly becomes more doable and accessible. Yes, it's definitely like a compounding thing. If you keep doing that, you'll look back and you'll see progress. Absolutely. So one more question I still have for you. Um, Something that you have on your, I think it was on your website or maybe in the questionnaire that you submitted to me, but I just thought this was really beautiful and I want to read it and then have you comment on it. Oh, okay. So this is, this is it. 
My aesthetic style is always growing and expanding. And regardless of who and what I photograph, I always find myself being challenged to discover new creative ways to best represent or even to transform the soul of my subject matter. So I love this part about transforming the soul. And I'd love to hear from you what what exactly you mean by that and just speak on that in general. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's funny. I um a few years ago, oh, I guess it's been longer than that now, maybe like five or six years ago, I wrote this um artist statement. I don't know if you've ever written one of those. It's kind of like a bio, but like more about your purpose and your art. And I was doing it as part of a class I was taking, just, you know, an education thing where they were like, oh, write an artist statement. And that kind of the beginnings of that were in there. And I did the exercise and was like, oh, that was cool. And then I came back to it later and read it. And I was like, you know, this sounds like, to me, I feel like I sound a little pretentious in this artist statement, but I'm going to take <laughs> this one part, this one part that I wrote when I was writing it, shift it a little bit because I feel really good and solid about it. And I want that to be on my site and in my materials. And that was the part, that one part that I picked out of this crazy, you know, manifesto thing that I wrote. But um, transforming the soul, I mean, I'm very much a believer in um, just magic, whatever magic means to you. I feel like it means different things to different people, but just the process of seeing something change in a way that is just so like beautiful and sometimes unexplainable, but it's just these little moments where like someone's authenticity breaks through or somebody shares something with you that's super vulnerable. And it is super magical to feel that like trust and connection with other people or with, you know, a sunset with a book you're reading, whatever it is, it's the soul, like just seeing someone's soul, you know, for what it is and kind of back to, you know, that transparency with clients when I'm working with them, people, I think in our day to day, there's so much pressure, especially for women and for men too, if I'm being honest, just in different ways for the, you know, different gender roles, pressured to be a certain way and to do certain things and to look a certain way. And people don't often have the space or give themselves the space to be authentic And something that's really important to me is when I'm working with a client, I don't want them to feel like they're putting on a show, you know, during Mm -hmm. their shoot. People connect with another person's authenticity. And when it comes to, you know, representing yourself and your business and your brand, you have to remember that like, you are marketing yourself, you are marketing a product or a service or whatever it is, but you have to remember your values. Like that's something I really touch on a lot in my branding class, shameless plug. If you want to take my branding class, it's online, but um, yeah, it has a big section in there where I'm like, you have to step outside of like 
you know, oh, what my Instagram ad and my Facebook ad and the structure of my site and this and that, like, you have to step outside of that and come back to like, why am I doing this? What is the message? Like, how am I trying to improve someone's life? And then remember all of that as you go into a photo shoot and really, you know, show that and be authentic and say, hey, this is my message. This is who I am. This is my personality. This is me looking and feeling my best, you know, and wearing clothes that I'm comfortable in, hair and makeup that I'm comfortable in, poses I feel comfortable in, you know, like moving and feeling at home in my body. Like that's when the soul of the subject matter comes through to bring it all back around is when people have a place that they're allowed to express themselves in whatever way that is. And one of my main goals and missions in photography is to be able to provide that for people in whatever form that is. For some people, they want to be in a studio and they're comfortable there. And some people want to be, you know, like out in a field of flowers and they're comfortable there. Some people it's (laughs) both. So the whole like transforming and representing someone's soul, whether that's them or like them with their product or you know, them with their dog, something they love. It's just making that space, no matter who it is or what it is that they're doing with their life for them to feel authentic. And that's what really makes photos unique is when you can look at something and tell that that person is comfortable in the space they're taking up. You just phrased all of that so beautifully. Oh, thank you. Yeah, really. I was like, oh, wow, that's that's quote worthy. <laughs> thank you. Sometimes I'll be talking and I'm like, oh, I'm rambling, but we're just going to go with it. Like, I know I'll get to my conclusion. It'll all make sense. Hopefully people, you know, bear with me, but good. I'm glad you felt like that resonated. It made total sense to me. I love that you brought up magic and I also agree with you about the authenticity. And I think when we're open to the magic and when we're also open to being authentic, the work also just becomes so much more fun because, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because you're grounded in who you are. And like you said, you're not having to put on something, um, which at the end of the day just feels awkward and kind of exhausting. It is. I mean, you never want to be caught. Sometimes I feel like I'm caught in like phases of life where everything is just, you know, small performative actions, you know, like, Mm. oh, I'm going to show up to this meeting and I'm going to be put together and I'm going to be eloquent. And then I'm going to put together this proposal and it's going to be, you know, I want to sound like, you know, good grammar and organized and this and that. And then sometimes after, you know, a few weeks or a few months, you'll be like, I've just been stuck in these performative actions for so long and like yes it's my job and it's what I need to do and it's what I enjoy but I also have to remember why you know I'm doing this and it's not just me trying to impress people or trying to look cool or trying to get clients or whatever it may be you know for people in more traditional jobs like you know you show up and you're trying to be professional and get a raise and this and be trusted and all that. But at the end of the day, you have to remember why and what you're doing it for else one day you'll wake up and be like, God, what have I been doing with my life? It's just, you know, one thing after the other. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So before we go to our quick fire round, um, this information is going to be in the show notes, but where can the listeners go to learn more about you and your work? Well, I would say number one, you can go to my website, MirandaKelton.com. And on there are links to everything that we've mentioned. There's links to that little resources page. There's links to my personal branding class, which is something I put together this year to help people who are starting their businesses or they want to understand branding a little more. Um, it's just a basic overview, basically, of um, personal branding for individuals and businesses. And then also on there, I have links to my Instagram, to my Facebook, which is you know where I post client work, behind the scenes videos, you know, pictures of myself sometimes or what I'm doing photography wise. So I would say my website, number one, you can go there and that has all that information, blogs, past work, the works. It'll keep you busy for a while. And it's a really beautiful website. Every time I go to it, I'm like, oh, I should ask Miranda to design my website, but she's a photographer. (laughs) I've had so many people actually ask me to design their sites I'm not surprised. Yeah. And I tell them, I'm like, I didn't just wake up one day and make that site. Like that site is, you know, seven plus years of me tweaking things and adding things and removing things. Like it's definitely very much like a constantly evolving thing. I didn't just, you know, make that in a month. (laughs) Not that not that talented to just make it and you know not have to go back and fix stuff and whatever but thank you I'm I'm proud of it yeah you you definitely should be it's beautiful and um yeah for anybody considering taking your personal branding class as well I know that it's a topic that you've really gone in depth into so I would definitely trust you with that as well thank you yeah I've had good feedback so far I mean it's very it's about two hours. It's a basic overview, but um, it's good to get you started if it's a concept you're feeling overwhelmed by. Very cool. So are you ready for a quick fire round? Yes, I am. <laughs> Question number one. What is your favorite creativity inspiring snack? Oh, oh gosh. Um, I'm going to think too hard about this. I really like those chocolates from Trader Joe's. They're like the, what are they called? They're like, oh, the power berries. They're like little round chocolates with like acai. Oh, I've never had those. They're really addicting. I have to not buy them every time I go grocery shopping, but (laughs) I definitely need to be like woken up with some sugar. That's that's what I go to. (laughs) Love it. When is your peak creative time? In the morning, afternoon, evening, or at night? Um, God, that shifts. I would say right now, morning, because that's when I have the most energy. Makes sense. Yeah. Chocolate or coffee? Both. Always both. <laughs> I love that you just claimed both. Some people are like, oh my gosh, I can't pick. <laughs> I, I can't pick either. I'm not going to try. I literally have had <laughs> chocolate and coffee already today. So Me that. too. <laughs> Me too. What kind of music stirs your creativity? 
Oh, this one's hard for me. Um, I honestly like a little bit of everything. This is when I'm like really needing to be fired up. I listen to like Broadway soundtracks. Oh, just cool. They're so, they're so high energy. And especially if I'm doing a task that's kind of tedious, I'll be like, all right, wicked soundtrack. Here we go. Like, I'm going to do this. I love it. And just, like, <laughs> or <get> Frozen. <laughs> yes, or Frozen or just Barbara Streisand, whatever it is, like something super high energy and like really dramatic. So I would say in a pinch, if I need to be like really woken up, it's it's Broadway. Do you still share your playlists on Spotify? I do. I haven't made any new ones in a while, but I do have a couple on there right now that desperately need to be updated, but there are a couple on there. Yeah, I've listened to some of your playlists and I, I really oh. love them. Yeah, I remember, it uh, must have been a couple of years ago, you shared one that you created for when you're editing photos, I think. Mm-hmm. And I really loved it. Oh, thank you. There's both so random. I'll, I, had so many, I had so many people on my shoots being like, oh, I really like this music you're playing. What is this? And I like worked really hard to make a playlist that I play during shoots that's like fun and upbeat, but isn't like too intense or, you know, going to bother anybody. So that that's on my site as long as or I mean, as well as that uh, editing one, too. Cool. I'll put that in the show notes as well. So final question. What does creativity mean to you? When I'm at my most creative, there's definitely this sense of like freedom that's really, really special. And again, authenticity um, that just is the best feeling in the world when you're making something that you know is your best work and that you worked really hard on it or it's going to make somebody else really really happy whether that's like your client or family member friend just feeling like that pure expression I think is it really is like the best feeling ever even if you have you know other stressful things going on in your life when you have this moment of creativity where you make something and you look at it and you're like oh wow like that's like where did that come from how did I do that just like trusting trusting that your creative brain kind of knows what to do again it's one of those little magic moments where you're not quite sure like how it happened but you made the space for it to happen and it did and you just have to trust that like you know if you make the space for yourself to be creative and give yourself license to make things, you know, you're not going to be a genius every day, but every now and then something will happen and you're like, wow, okay, that was worth all the like, you know, frustration and not being able to sleep and (laughs) pulling my hair out over this project, whatever it was. So I guess at the end of the day, creativity for me just is like, it really is addicting to create you know photos create spaces for people to feel comfortable in and it's kind of the meaning of life for me really just to constantly find ways and spaces to be creative 